On this episode of the Peter Panda Podcast, we're hunting big mountain mule deer in the high country of Idaho with one of my best homies, Randall Williams. Now, the great state of Idaho is no stranger to Randall, as he was fortunate enough to draw a limited entry elk tag a few years ago when he killed a giant public land rifle bull. More on that epic elk season can be found on this here podcast, Season 1, Episode 3. Fortune may have once favored Randall in Idaho's elk permit lottery, but he's spent the last four years hunting mostly general deer districts. Ultimately, consistency always kills, and Randall harvested the biggest mule deer of his life. So listen up. We're going backpack hunting in the rugged Idaho backcountry with the truck stop hot dog king himself, Randall Williams. Where are y'all going? Front porch? All right, wave to everybody. I live here. This is my neighborhood. Belgrade Pride. We need more Belgrade Pride. You know what I don't like is Belgrade's color, the high school color, is this like gaudy green. Oh, that's unfortunate. They're the Panthers, which is cool, but the green is tough to swallow and certainly hard to sport. Is there an accent? Is there an accent color that goes with the green? Like what would make it look better? No, like a white or like is it green? Oh, with like it's a lot of green. Trim, like boy, I don't, I can't think of an act. The green is so strong. It's a mono color. Uh, just strong green. Strong, dude, just like gross skittle green. It's terrible. And I want to have like a Belgrade High School hoodie or something like that. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad they. Uh, the the Panthers and not some offensive mascot where they'd have you know, to reinvent the school culture you know and, funny and just they could pick a new color scheme. You know, it's a offense, maybe offensive to some people, but uh, high school mascot is Aniac, Central Alaska, no middle of nowhere, no roads to it, no roads out of it. Uh, we do a lot of moose hunting out of Aniac. Aniac's high school is the Aniac half breeds. Wow, that would be, I imagine, terribly offensive to. They're, I think they're like Many loud th- and proud, and they're like, "It's funny, we don't care. Like we all like this is the community, this is our community, and <laughs> whatever." Yeah, the Antioch Athletes, and they sell. I hoodies. can't imagine that there's, you know, there's a lot of schools out there with, there's a lot of lions and wildcats, and there's a lot of. Yeah. But I can't imagine. I think that's probably one of the high school nicknames where it's probably one and done. Yeah, that's a that's never going to be used again. Certainly. They'll probably have to – 10 bucks says they have to change it in the next five years because of some outside influence outside of their own community. Uh, anyways, how you been? Been good. You been busy? Been busy. You, you recently moved from western Montana to central Montana? Yeah, I don't know if we're quite in central Montana. But yeah, as I was saying that, I was like, that was a weird description. We're certainly more proximate to central Montana. Um. Yeah. Smaller town. Smaller town. Big city of Missoula. Yeah. Got out. Got out. At a good time. You guys you guys had a beautiful home over there and you Thank remo- you. you remodeled it, made it even more incredible. It was like this big gorgeous uh Victorian. I would have described your house at a glance. Yeah. I I actually don't know that I have any sort of a vocabulary to describe mm-hmm. different houses. I find colonial. I, I think I can I'm, think of like five. Well, no, I just don't know that I can apply them to the correct 
like mm. when I see a house. Mm. I'm getting pretty good at ranch. Like that's a ranch house. This this uh, style of house, I got a little like, white front porch and mm-hmm. a upper deck with shutters and stuff. I think this is called like a little like r- single family ranchy looking home. Yeah, I don't know. Describe yeah. however you want. Point is, you sold a beautiful big house and now you are going to build something. Run Fingers crossed. Area. Fingers crossed as long as the <laughs> turns out uh, building supplies not cheap. And the old supply chain. And 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 it's no surprise to me, uh, but still, it uh, puts a knot tough, in your stomach. Tough time to build your own house. Indeed. Or buy one. Indeed. New job going good. New job going good. Uh, yeah, man. Just uh, been a whirlwind. What's since y- like what's basically title are you like a personal my title editor senior editor at mediator mediator so you do a lot of content editing for the mediator team and steve Renella. yeah pretty much working only on book and audiobook projects um so and if you don't know i'm talking to randall williams who is a doctor of history and a fellow cincinnati kid Mm -hmm. shout out terrace park Mm -hmm. um and a good friend and wicked hunter here new job going good yeah that's pretty much new job new town new house uh same wife another same dog. dogs i uh, appreciate you got a pack of dogs just like we do how many do you have three three yeah but from your social media and stuff and through sid's social media it looks well we often they're your kids and you guys are always adventuring and hiking with them we often find ourselves uh you know with a fourth dog or a fifth dog babysitting yeah yeah that's uh, something i do not find myself doing i d- well yeah, you've like got a, pa- a threshold you've, you've uh, three labs versus four hound dogs and and the golden is is, a, is a, those are two different propositions yeah. three labs you throw one more lab in the mix it's no just biggie. like who's whose nose is in my crotch who's like yeah pushing me and when i'm trying to cook at the stove like the labs just sort of add incrementally rather than like yeah, throwing a new dog into a pack of hounds yeah just chaos a, just a, a lot of violence a yeah lot of no a lot of noise a lot of, noise. A lot of just unsettling uh, moments uh we're gonna talk about mule deer hunting we're gonna talk about more specifically mule deer hunting in idaho which you are no stranger to randall you've hunted idaho as a non-resident half a dozen times uh four i think four four years yeah four years and just filled my first tag um so in your fourth year yeah so i don't claim to be any sort of idaho hunting pro no um but i did uh, you have some experiences though yeah i um yeah i've i kind of started hunting idaho a few years ago uh with a friend we bought a tag one year and went over and tried to figure it out and so you're living in western montana yeah we're in you are you're a non-resident of idaho which is only an hour or two to your west depending on where you're going yeah you could be in idaho pretty quickly um but we're driving we're driving more like five hours to where we hunted i've hunted three different units um Mm. over four years and i just kind of treated it like a an extra scoop of ice cream on my fall hunting season i like went over there with no need to pull yeah, the no trigger pressure. and it's just like i want to go see if i can find a bigger deer you know bigger than i'm used to 
seeing on my like weekend Montana hunting trips. Yeah. So it was kind of just not an experiment, but just like a kind of a treat. Uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Idaho at all, uh, Idaho has probably more OTC general opportunity for non-residents than any for deer and elk than any other Western state, I would argue. Just shooting um, from the hip here, but I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of states you can just walk into the country store in the middle of October and buy a hunting Well, you can't do that anymore. Oh, is that right? Yeah. This is why we're talking. So that's what that's one thing that changed. I mean, for a number of years, um, Idaho, you were able to, like, you could buy a tag over the counter um, closer into hunting season. And as they've In had certain areas. Yeah. Well, well. So uh, I guess the big change is like a couple of years ago. You know, they they went to unit specific tags, and so instead of buying like a general deer tag for the whole state, you had to buy a tag that's good for like a specific you know unit, whatever, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Montana just has done this as well, right? With the hunt your district stuff, where if you draw a brakes archery tag, that's it's the only place you can hunt elk. It's similar to that. It's similar yeah. to that. Um, but these are actually like the general ta- the general non-resident tags, and it's the the idea behind it is to distribute non-resident pressure across the state, and so that non-residents aren't just pouring. When did that specific. When did that uh, new rule start? I think two years ago. Okay. Um, well, back up prior to that, like in, in your uh, inception of Idaho hunting, is that the right word? Uh, experience? No, in your like uh, saga, in your in uh, my uh, <laughs> in your evolution, in my Idaho, Idaho hunting Idaho journey, hunting journey, my my eat, pray, love Idaho deer hunting. Um, <laughs> yeah, chapter one, we did buy them over the counter, like. I want to say early summer. And you were doing deer hunting, elk hunting? or We were just deer hunting. and Mountain and deer hunting, not prairie deer hunting. Yeah, yeah. So we were, like, we essentially picked a couple of units out and um, backpacked in for two nights in one spot and then moved to bed and then did another um, night of backpacking. And we kind of just did a couple two or two night or like one night or backpack hunts would you call it like high country mule deer hunting or just mountain mule deer hunting so you're probably going a bit later season this isn't some august hunt so no it's it, yeah it's it's an october hunt um and yeah i wouldn't i'm not sure i'd necessarily call it high country but we're definitely like but you would not call hunting it that. steep stuff yeah. steep stuff and um In you know probably between like between like five six seven eight thousand feet somewhere in that range in comparison, I would say most of the general mule deer hunting in Montana and some other states are done in a more prairie-like yeah, setting. Yeah, for sure. This is these general in areas we're talking about are often pretty hardcore mountainous wilderness areas and national forest pieces. At least, yeah, in my experience, um, yeah. I mean, it's still like some of these areas are still pretty open. You know, like not it's not like all super timbered like you'd see if you were mountain hunting like in western Montana, but. Um, you know, it is definitely compared to the d- mule deer hunting that I do here at home. It's it's a mountain hunt. Yeah. So four years ago, you started cutting your teeth over there. Tell me about your first your first season over there and how you started and what you learned. Um, yeah, the f- 
the first year, I mean, we, like I said, we did a couple, we, we probably carved out five or six days and, um, went over there, friend of mine, no scouting, just went in five, six days in the season. Yeah. Yeah. We just went in, um, October. I think we did. I think that year we, we, we went for opener, um, or at least opening week. And, um, you know, we, I feel like we learned a lot that year, um, about pressure, <laughs> you know, it was definitely, cause that's, I think that's the other thing that maybe was different in my experience from hunting in Montana is like Idaho does have shorter, like in Montana, we have these six week long general season, five and a week yep. long general season. Like Spreads you out. can hunt from September until the, until Thanksgiving or Sunday after Thanksgiving. So love hunting on Thanksgiving. It's the most quiet day out there. There was like an intensity to the pressure um, and just like big people setting up camps uh, on forest service roads and like they're hunting that week. That's and been my experiences in Colorado. Yeah. You know, like the, the staunch difference between like what I was used to in Montana deer and elk hunting was the pressure. Like you see a piece of orange on every ridge line. Each trailhead has a dozen camps in it. Um, but yet there's still game animals around. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that also exists here, like in time in certain times in certain places. Um, I'm not like terribly soured on like hunting pressure and you know i think like it's easy to say oh everything's just overrun with hunters but like there's definitely places where you can get away from pressure but i think like idaho uh, included yeah i and and that was our experience the first year was like we hiked into a spot and guys started coming over ridges and then you know guys are riding motorcycles or dirt bikes up trails that weren't supposed to have dirt bikes up them oh really people yeah rules out there yeah <laughs> it was just kind of like were they hunters or just dirt bikers? They're they're hunters on dirt mm. bikes. Yeah, yeah, like they're dudes the answer, running in, uh, yeah, like running and setting up camps and things like that. But yeah, we eventually, um, you know, on that trip, we eventually did. F we were able to find pockets where we were seeing a bunch of deer and we weren't hearing a bunch of gunshots. And, and so it was as sim was it as simple as uh, just going further than this, going deeper, or was there like hi hidden pockets you were kind of discovering? Um, I think we were, we started looking at stuff that was maybe, this is the real easy, <laughs> like just sounds kind of stupid, but we were looking for stuff that might be overlooked. Like it, we were, we, we hiked into and backpacked into a couple places that didn't have these huge dramatic views, but it did let you see a lot of like pretty, like, uh, you know, gentle rolling, like terrain that's tucked away inside of these bigger sneak, mountain landscapes pockets yeah like where there's more there's more the landscape provides more cover than you would guess by just looking at it like so some of these deer we we did we were successful in finding some spots that where we weren't seeing hunters and we were seeing deer and we just um i'm trying to think what kind of weather did you have year one? Oh, it was it was like perfect hunting weather it, it was, was like chilly at night cold at night cold yeah. october mountain yeah night. and like you know, somewhat chilly during the day. Like if it's if you're glassing and it's breezy, you put on your puffy. I mean, the mornings were Just definitely a proper cold. Autumn. Yeah, it was ideal. It was like what I would what I would uh, ask for on my list of like my last hunt. I was like, give me that weather. But you didn't kill a deer. No, we saw a couple smaller bucks, and um, you know, we just had pretty. The guy I was with was very serious 
is a very serious mule deer hunter. She has a high standards. Yeah, and I don't have high standards, but I was kind of approaching it from the perspective of like, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of treating myself to an out of state deer hunt. Um, that's I I guess in hindsight, it is kind of my first. That was probably my first out of state hunting trip. Oh really? Yeah, and so what I was about Kentucky, man. Well, can, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, fine, fine memories of hunting in kentucky as an ohio resident but yeah, if you don't know all the cincinnati kids uh who are serious about hunting jump the ohio river and hunt in northern kentucky oh, yeah. and that's what randall center and fire I rifles that's mm. what randall and i did as teenagers I look back on those days very fondly we'll have to have another just total episode committed to kentucky because we could both tell some cool stories yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that i mean so that was like my first western i'll say this that was my first like western out of state like not montana get in the truck yeah like drive five hours to a place you've never been before backpack in i mean you can certainly do that in montana pick a spot on the map five hours away and backpack in but this is my first out of state yep. experience doing something like that and we learned a ton we kind of drove home and we're like that was a great trip um had a lot of fun and we kind of thought to ourselves like let's uh like we can go back and and like in the following year following two years we kept saying to one another like love to go back there and and use that knowledge because i think we learned enough by the tail end of the trip mm. to like be be a bit more of a serious threat to those bucks but uh, come year two you didn't do that that's correct so what did you, you change you threw an audible yeah year two i went on a uh year two i went on a hunt with uh ford um for first light yeah i know ford and uh dr kevin monteith who's a deer biologist at the university of wyoming hmm. and uh and uh craig okraska who is not hunting but um it was so new district new guys yeah so we went we went to a totally different part of the state and the idea was we were making a film um to raise awareness about the importance of migration corridor conservation so it was kind of like who made the film uh, it was a first light. It was a first light film. It was just like a five or six minute first light production. Is it on YouTube today? Yeah. What's it called? Um, it's a great question. Migratory corridors, uh, mule deer first light. You googled that; it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. So it was in a spot where there are herds being impacted by um, migration corridors, like you know that are intersecting with major highways. When I would think of like uh, historic mule deer migrations i think about that wyoming example yeah yeah wyoming real public uh migratory study there on those deer going like hundreds yeah the miles. red desert to hoback is like yeah. a major migration corridor wyoming's been a leader for a long time uh or long time relatively speaking i mean yeah in recent years like in my experience working in conservation my wyoming has been like a shining example of um like highlighting migration corridors and studying them and uh prioritizing their conservation hmm. so yeah the and and uh, that also has to do with like the research that's being done out in the field by people like uh kevin and and so yeah like that red desert to hoback corridor is the longest mule deer how migration. far is it oh that's a great question it's gotta be 300 miles 200 I miles i was gonna say like 200 I was going to say like yeah, 200. Yeah, they're going to the, some of that high country south of Jackson. That's right. Um, like, But you're not in Wyoming. You're no, in we're Idaho. in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. The migratory corridors are different, but 
still affected in Idaho. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an issue all across the West. And um, Kevin's research really focuses on, like, how deer use these corridors and, like, how the impacts to these corridors affect the, like, multi-generational health of deer populations. And so we basically, we had a super short, um, we had super short hunt. I think we only had like three or four days and uh, ran in ton of pressure. Um, just like the just like the first year, yeah, a lot of hunting yeah. pressure. We um, still in know, a general area. Yeah, we were in a general area. Um, it is a draw area for uh, elk tags for bull tags, mm-hmm. and so we did. We saw a pile of big bulls. That was super fun and. One day we actually helped a kid, I don't remember, he was probably like 12 years old or something like that, but... Um, he had an elk tag, though. Yeah, he had an elk tag, and we actually ran into his, his little brother. We were like, we are hiking on this ridge, and we saw this little kid, and he, his, I mean, I can't imagine having, like, the courage at that age to, like, walk up to a bunch of grown men. Some like 10 year old boy you just see in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, I mean, we were, we were like probably two hours from our trucks or three hours from our trucks or something, but it's in there a little bit. Yeah. We're, and and he's like, he comes up to us and he's asking us what he's like, have you guys seen anything for, for bulls? And I'm like, let me see your license. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But he, you know, he, he told us, he's like, yeah, my brother's got, my brother's got, my older brother's got a bull tag. And this kid's like just tromping around. He's got like a school backpack on and he's got a walkie-talkie strapped to it. And um, he's like, my dad and my brother over there, we've been glassing some bulls, but, you know, haven't seen anything that we're, like, super excited about. And I'm just having this, like, super grown-up discussion with this young young kid. And um, anyway, we sp- we had seen a bull that morning, and we he told us sort of where, we, where they'd be. And we are glassing this ridge later in the afternoon. We saw a bunch of does, you know, move across this timbered face and then we saw that bull that we'd seen earlier in the morning and so i ran down <laughs> what kind of bull are we talking about i don't know just like a like a nice six point yeah probably a 300 three, three, 315 like somewhere yeah, in there. nice bull and um like i got it i was like i gotta go get this kid and see if he wants to come shoot this thing so i like took some i think i took some photos of it or something but i ran down the down the ridge um how far away were they they were probably, you know, a half a mile from us or so something So when you like first that. encountered this this little brother, the tag holder, he was a half mile solo away from his family? Probably probably something like that. Maybe That's a little funny. less. I mean, it, yeah, it's hard to – It's hard to like latchkey mountain kid. Oh, I was super impressed. I mean, and then he actually popped – he actually, like, came and found – you know, like, I told him I'd, we'd seen this bull, and then he came up the ridge and found us again. <laughs> And he was like, and he was like, I think my brother is going to come, you know? And, and, (laughs) and so, so like eventually his brother and their dad come up and, um, their dad sits with us and we watch these two little boys and they had their cousin with them. So it was like two little boys and their cousin, probably all under the age of 14. Um, so we watched the three of them work down across the draw and shoot this bull whoa and um how close did they get to it i think they got to like 250 300 oh, they, yeah in there. yeah and we saw like he hit him and the bull like staggered around and um he shot again and the group of elk kind of moved into the aspens and we by the time we made it over there it was dark huh 
and we spent a couple hours in the dark um, looking for this know. thing. Did you shoot it with a light rifle or something? or just? I don't remember what it was. I mean, the first one was a good hit. We were sitting there thinking, like, this yeah, bull's just matter. dead on Gun, his feet. Yeah. Just dead good on his feet. Good hit. And so we um, we tracked back and forth across this face. We spread out in a line because I think that day we had – two of us and a cameraman or three of us and a cameraman and um and then there's the three boys and their dad that's and, a lot to put on some strangers we we made a wide you know like we spread out like 20 yards and we walked across this whole hillside yeah, helpful in this sense and that was the last that was the last day of our hunt so um oh no and so you didn't find it that night well no we didn't find it that night eventually we we kind of got together and the kid was just super upset oh, no. and um the dad was like we got to go back to the camper and like make dinner with grandpa and then we'll come out here in the morning. And he's like, thanks you guys. And so we were like, yeah, we'll, you know, if we, if we're sticking around tomorrow morning, we'll come help you look. But we eventually, we kind of like looked at our various commitments and we're like, we got a jet early in the morning. So we took off and I was driving, it was probably like three hours down the road. And I got a text from his dad nice with the two boys and the bull they found <laughs> it they found it yeah so, in so the he vicinity had you'd been looking yeah he was like we probably walked past it like three times the night before i mean it was dark it was like a yeah, dark yeah. night on the mountain steep stuff tangled oh, stuff and i've been there before and you find yourself like zigging and zagging around like a crackhead out there yeah. and all of a sudden you're like i'm out of water i'm starving it's going on midnight like i need to, to call it yeah <laughs> it's a terrible feeling. yeah dad i mean dad like he made he made a good decision. He's like, let's circle up and get back here tomorrow morning. And and uh, apparently they, if I recall, and it, well, I traded a couple texts with him, but um, that was a cool, just like running into someone on the mountain and yeah. being able to be a help part of that. Kid, help a kid out. With yeah, because the, the picture, help. I probably still have the picture somewhere on my phone, but the picture of these two kids in the bowl, they're just like grinning oh, totally way, ear to ear. Way cool. Yeah. It sounds like huck finn and his buddies or something yeah um did you see any big mule deer that year i um, see any mule deer we did not see we saw yeah we saw a lot of deer um we didn't see a ton of bucks and we didn't see any big bucks was this another uh opening day october hunt i think we were kind of like a week or two after the it's a little bit maybe later. like yeah second weekend of the season something like that i mean it was like trying to get a bunch of super busy people together for three days in the woods and um yeah you know tough to do <laughs> everybody's got a busy fall already and this is kind of just like a little side project to make this film and and uh but yeah that was a, i mean it's an awesome trip i'm you know i gotta I, find that video yeah um gosh i wish i could remember the it's all right so you you <laughs> moved on with your Idaho career into your third year, and again, you're not building points. There's no points. In no, Idaho. these are all these are all general general tags. Out. And so that so that year as well was just buying them like in the summer. I mean, it was literally the kind of thing where it was like, should we make this film? You know, uh, like are there Idaho tags available? Yes, let's buy there's, Idaho. But there's tag. a limited amount of them, right? There's like the huge pool of them, and it's first come, first serve, and they might sell out of them. They might not, depending on what tag you're talking about. Yeah. So, so what they, so the change that they made between my second and third year of hunting over there was they, they made them unit specific. They made non-resident tags unit specific. Right. And the way that Idaho 
tags, general tags work, and I'm sure there's someone out there that can point out all sorts of technical inf- inaccuracies with what I'm saying. But like, yeah, please don't. The way that it works enjoy is this they go on sale. They nature. go on sale like December first or like the first week of December or something like that. Leftovers. No, no, the tags for the for the upcoming year. Okay. So like to hunt in this year, 2023, if you wanted a deer tag. You'd have you you would have had to have logged in logged in on December whatever 2022, and the demand for tags has grown over the years. And then I think making them unit specific, all of a sudden people are like, well, I want to hunt the unit that I always hunt or this or that, you know. And so now what happens is it is essentially like a lottery, you know. It's an over the counter tag, but it's essentially a lottery to get your place in line, yeah. digitally speaking and get your tag so so two years ago and there's a lot of folks that are not i mean the user experience isn't isn't ideal (laughs) because you can you log in and like tags go on sale at like 9 a.m or 10 a.m or something mountain time and i think this year i tried to get a tag and i was like 38,000th in line the demand and it took and and i demand is that much more and I didn't, yeah, I didn't, because, uh, and the other thing is, like, I guess, you know, you could technically have a phone and a computer. And an iPad. And another computer oh, all, like, getting a toe in the door to see, like, when the clock ticks over and I you get assigned your place yeah. in line. So, um, I, I actually never, I had gone to sleep that night by the time my time in line came about, right, my turn in line. So did so you lose it? Oh, I never had a chance at a tag. You know, I just woke up the next morning and I had a text on my phone that was like, it's now your turn to buy a tag. And then there was another text five minutes later. It was like, your window is closed. Sorry. Brutal. So, you know, it's it's kind of a luck of a draw now whether or not you actually get one. Um, Hmm. You know, it's the the opportunity for non-residents in terms of just like, I, I don't know that the number of tags has shrunk. But just the demand for tags and the way in which they're allocated has really changed the changed the game. Yeah. But you still continue, even with this uh, permitting and legislation change between year two and three, you still manage to get yourself a non-resident mule deer tag year yeah. three and year four. Yeah, so, th- so year three is not a great, a super exciting story. No, I mean, <laughs> to this point, I haven't killed an idaho deer so none of them might be exciting to the listener for which i apologize but fast forward i um yeah year three i mean i had so i had that special draw elk tag in idaho that's right and then i had which if you haven't heard randall tell that story it is on season one of this year podcast yeah and then i had my special permit in montana for elk that's right so i had this i did have an idaho deer tag that was the first you didn't focus on it at all? No, I hunted it for maybe, after I killed my elk, um, I I had to go on a work trip, and then I came back, and I I hunted for like three days, and had a great time. I looked at a lot of deer. I looked at deer that I actually was pretty tempted to kill, but I was just like not, um, I was like, I'm going to go back and get some rest and recharge for Montana elk. Isn't there a story that you were, on your Idaho, your big Idaho elk that you were moving in on, uh, oh yeah, a meadow, and there were a bunch of bucks in this meadow. Yeah, and that was like the light. that was the week before, like a majestic, yeah, Disney totally. And that was the week before scene. the deer season opened. 
So my elk tag was uh, before the gen. So I was like, man, maybe I'll just come back here and mm-hmm. and uh, and shoot one of these bucks. But I just kind of had this feeling that I was like, man, unless it's unless it's a super special animal, um, like I don't need to cut this tag. See, and I already had, had that attitude with Idaho, though. You're like, this is gonna be my. my yeah, I have a little bit higher standards here in Idaho. I've than just I do in Montana. always under yeah, and and I've just always thought like it's kind of an extra special experience like it's not a meat hunt it's not um you know it's not like we'll go to the usual spots and you see this it, stuff it's kind of it like yeah. yeah and you see a lot of people i mean uh, not to hot spot the whole state but like there's a lot of big deer that come out of idaho and i've seen i've yeah. i've spent a lot of time in idaho over the years oh, you almost feel like you have like an obligation spent a lot of time well spent a lot of time and you just know the possibilities there that's right? that's like, better said yes and and so um in some of these places i'm hunting like i know other people that have hunted there and like i know that there's the opportunity for big deer and there's boone and crockett mule deer in the mountains of idaho That's yeah crazy. and and it's kind of like good luck finding a boone and crockett mule deer in montana especially on a hunt like that where you're where you're hiking your guts out and you're like working for it and and you're getting you know you're putting a ton into it like i just kind of felt I wanted my Idaho, my first Idaho deer to be a special one. And so year three, you didn't, you've killed, you're so busy with yeah, Idaho th- elk, Montana elk, I went Montana out, deer. I went out and looked at a bunch of deer and it was snowy and cold and I went on some like long hikes and I just was not, um, I was just like, man, I, I don't really need to kill a deer, um, not that that's going to make a whole difference in like the state of mule deer in the West, but I was like, I'm not going to yeah. shoot a deer just to shoot a deer. Right. So I, yeah, I went home and, um, you'd had a hell of a year between the, and you killed that Montana mule deer. Yeah. And probably an antelope that year. I did not have an antelope tag that year. Yeah. So, it was, but I, I had a elk year. I had a, an, an abundance of riches. Yeah. An embarrassment of riches from the tag gods. A glutton of, uh, opportunity. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, so year three, so year four was last year and I, I, I went back. Um, so you bought, you had to buy a tag the winter yeah, before. Yeah. And, and so I went back to where the, where I'd been in year three and, um, was year three, your same spot as year one. That no. You wanted to, okay. So you yet or to return to yeah, year one. And year two, we hunted two different units. Right. So, uh, yeah, kind of made the rounds and a, portion of the state say i've gotten across the state made the rounds in like the four years in like a a quadrant of the state but yeah um and year four i didn't actually hunt like the same spots i was hunting in year three but uh, same same area and uh yeah i went down there for opener um by myself and uh backpacked in and are you experiencing the same hunting pressure year after year and all these different places no year so year three and year four i i did not experience the same pressure um well i i'll take i take that back i'll you got that, be- that'll you got better you that'll got come better up at, as uh, the, as the story progresses you got better at uh eluding the yeah, general populace Maybe I was they were still out there but i could have been looking in the wrong spots to okay. be honest but uh, yeah year four I backpacked in to a spot, um, and I think like most people that hunted Idaho last 
your the opening week was just hot. Oh, is that right? It was brutally hot. This is an October rifle hunt. Yeah. And you got like September temperatures or what? I think it opens on like October 10th. Well, you could be in a foot of snow. Yeah, and it was it was very very hot. So I got I got sunburned and I'm I've got like a little camp up on a ridge top and I hauled a ton of water up there and just, you know, hanging out in my underwear during the day. Um just seeing living deer. a good life. Yeah, yeah. Um seeing deer in the mornings and the evenings, but I saw a couple bucks like day 2 or day 3 um and was pretty tempted to buy one of them. Um But it's been a slow start. It'd been a slow start and You're solo? Yeah. How many days are you going for? Um I I was camped in there for 4 or 5 nights and that's really cool. The last the last night or two nights, um, a buddy hiked in and met me nice. in there in Idaho resident. So um so yeah, we I set up this camp and then kinda hunted up and down this ridge like progressively further and further, looking into different drainages on either side of it and through some hot weather. Through some yeah, some very hot weather. And um it just didn't I mean, we saw a pile of deer and I'm like, Man, if I was here in a week or two weeks or something like once, rut, once rut turns yeah, on if we a get some bit. snow and and the animals are moving, you know, throughout the day, like I was like, man, I feel really good about this. But you see an elk too? Um, I saw a couple elk, but mostly you're mostly getting deer. into a lot of deer. You're getting into a ton of deer. Cool. Yeah, and I saw like you know, I think one of the days or two of the days I saw guys on other opposite ridges, but like a mile plus away from me. Not. Not the uh, violating hunting pressure you experienced no, years no, ago. No, not yeah. no, no, and and like the deer I was hunting were just being deer. Yeah, like they weren't <laughs> they weren't running away. They were hanging out. Six yeah. different things. Yeah, so so I I ran out of time on that first trip, um, and then you did you did your whole four or five day rip and didn't kill one. Yeah, and yeah, it, and it just didn't. I mean. It was so hot out. It just did not feel like hunting season. It was kind of weird. It was, I mean. I bet those, all those big bucks are just nocturnal. Yeah. I mean, I don't claim to know enough about deer to, to say what, <laughs> what they were actually doing, but I was not seeing the big bucks. And, and I feel like we, the other, I mean, the other thing about it is like, I feel like I hunted it very seriously and like put in the miles and elevation. Like we hiked quite a bit. Um, and and you're getting better at it yeah i don't know i'm getting better at it but i'm i'm mimicking what successful people do <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm trying yeah. doing my best finding some success here. um but yeah so i mean i just felt like we'd hunted it solidly and like we did you would believe put in there was the effort did you believe that there were big bucks in there that you would la hope to later hunt or were you like hey if i can come back i'm going to a different spot no i i i if i had a tag this year i'd probably be back in that same area yeah and it was just we saw a ton of deer and and not a lot of pressure and it was it was cool but um just didn't work out the weather wasn't cooperating and so i don't i think i drove back to i drove back to montana and um sydney my wife had an antelope tag hmm both of us had antelope tags. I was going to say, you guys usually draw those in pairs. Yeah, both of us had antelope tags. So w so I went back and, and shot an antelope the following weekend and then decided to go back for the last couple of days of the Idaho season. 
Is this Halloween or end of November? Uh, uh, end of October. Yeah, so okay. it runs. Yeah, they, I think some of them run all the way to the end of the month. Some units run all the way to the end of the month, and some of them are like October 10th to the 25th or something okay. like that. So in any event, it's late October, and um, got down there and slept on the uh, – I just kind of, you know – Pulled my sleeping bag and sleeping pad out of the truck and set them on the ground and kind of camped by the trailhead. And uh, is it way more wintry than oh, it was? It was hot. super. So that night was cold, and then um, one morning when I left the truck, it was like single digits. It was you, you it was, day hunting out of a truck yeah, camp. So I was day hunting, and a um, lot less hunting pressure now. No, so there was actually there was actually more pressure. Really, I was just yeah. I was in a different. I was like probably ten or fifteen miles away, so I don't know. If hmm. It's probably partially because I was in a different spot, and maybe there's just more pressure in that spot. But I also think like end of the season and conditions were right. Like it was cold. It was good hunting weather, and um, so that first day I did like basically hiked up um, a big long ridge line like fifteen hundred. 1800 feet up kind of did a long out and back hike stopped and glassed and just saw saw tons of deer you did yeah um any rutting activity young bucks you know i i didn't really see any any like rut activity but there were i that first day i saw um a couple bucks like a couple smaller bucks moving around and um I did see, like, on the far side what I thought was, like, a, a buck moving around some does. And, uh, like, it was probably a, a mile or more across this big, deep basin. Um, and this sand is, for sure. This is pretty high, like, rocky on top type peaks. You like, ride at tree line? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, like, on these ridges. These ridges are really above tree line. Mm-hmm. And then – like rocky bowls down to avalanche shoots yeah yeah and steep steep country steep meadows yeah um but this one this this basin i was hunting in uh had like a big grassy bowl on the i guess it would be the maybe the south side of it south facing uh i'm trying to orient myself now um it's kind of like west facing. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe late. Se- you know, south um, facing is the first to green up in the springtime, but come fall, yeah, maybe those west, even slightly north facing hillsides might be the ones holding the the late season feed. Yeah, I mean, if I re- if I recall the the this whole drainage, like the watercourse flowed to the north, mm-hmm. and this would have been yeah, kind of on the eastern side, and so I. Um, like looking across the drainage, which was not anything that I was going to be able to hunt that day. I saw a ton of deer. Um, and that was kind of my plan for the next morning. Go up the the neighboring Ridge a mile and a half. Yeah. And it, and it, it made a big, it made a big bowl. So my, my, yeah. So my plan was actually like, instead of hiking up the Ridge I was on, I was going to spend the whole day hiking, yeah hiking the horseshoe and essentially come out where i had hiked in the first day yeah um and i wanted to just how get how big of a loop would that have been um i bet it would probably have been seven or eight miles 
big day in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, my plan was like bring full, a full day, bring a stove, bring like a big hot lunch, that kind of a day. Like it was going to be a long, yep. a long one. Um, and so I got up the next morning and I, like I said, it was like single digits and it was the kind of thing where I was like getting, popping out of the truck to like get my backpack rigged up and then getting back in the truck to warm up. Uh, <laughs> the like, truck cam from makes you soft. I know. Eventually I was like, I just got to get out of here. And, and oh. so I start climbing this, I start climbing this ridge and, and I'm like trying to take my time to not totally sweat through all my stuff. Hiking in the dark. Hiking in the dark. Um, off trail off trail like pretty steep like taking you know like sending it up your, to yeah it's where you believe is a good not spot. hiking not like taking long strides on a trail but like digging a boot in and stepping up and digging a boot in a second it's because i just want to gain this this pretty steep nose it's one get, vertical foot for every horizontal foot yeah yeah and it was 45 degree angle it was slow going for me at least and so <laughs> i um and cold so as i'm hiking up this thing i'm, I'm like a couple hundred feet up and uh, I eventually, like, I eventually got up to, like, 15 or 1,600 feet above the truck. Um, but as I'm hiking up this thing, I start seeing, like, trucks come down the road, you know. After you, behind you. But, yeah, and <laughs> and then I see, I'm like, man, that one truck looks like it's uh, it's parking right next to my truck, mm. you know. And, and um, you know, it's one of those things where it's just, like, god damn it you weren't the only person with this idea yeah i was like doesn't you know i was i was here yesterday and not in this thing by myself yesterday and he saw your montana plates and he was like i'm hiking out yeah go up after this and so then i'm so i'm hiking up this i'm hiking up this thing and i'm going a little faster now and just like (laughs) just like don't you know you see a headlamp i got up behind you well so uh, like a couple minutes later i see a headlamp yeah but he's hiking up He's hiking up the other side of the horseshoe. Where you were yesterday. Yeah, so he's hiking up like where I was yesterday. And I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Like work to your advantage. Yeah, maybe 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 this guy's just gonna push all the deer over towards (laughs) me. And um and I was like But you know, still one of those things like I'm not alone in here, you know, it diminishes from the experience a little bit. So I keep hiking. Sunrises. And like sun is just beginning to rise and I like get up to these rocks, you have a tree line. Yeah, and, and I'm like right at tree line, and I'm I'm on this open ridge, and I uh, I go to change my base layer, you know, and like put on some dry clothes. Yeah, because I'm gonna slowly, kind of st- like walk this ridge and peek over and and glass and you know. That's the luxury of day hunting. Uh, yeah, because if you were backpacking, your only thought would be I gotta dry this shit out. Totally. Not take it off. But when you're day hunting, you're like, I got a fresh pair of socks oh, yeah. and t-shirt, I was like, and I could whip them out, and I don't care if these dry out today or not. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, perfect. I'm up here. I made the big climb. Now I'm hunting. I'm a freshen up. Yeah, like the sun is rising. Um, and as I'm like putting on my shirt, I, I see there's a guy like 30 yards away from me. Oh shit! Just like below me, and uh, and I walk over to him. And I see you. Yeah, I'm not sure who saw who first, but um, I see this guy, and I'm like, I gotta go 
like typically i would it's an immediate just like huge drop in morale and oh yeah and i was feeling so accomplished i'm like man i know when he parked and i know when i parked and we got to this place at the same time (laughs) so what happened to the dude across the horseshoe well so that was his brother Oh, a couple of brothers. Brother or brother-in-law, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I talked to the guy, and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, man, you were here first. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, he was cool. Yeah, he's super cool. Um, and I'm like, and I was like, where? I said, I said, yeah, I was in here yesterday and saw quite a few, quite a few deer in here. And he's like. He's deer hunting, too. He's like, yeah, we were across, across the main road yesterday. And he's like, we were glassing into here from over there yesterday. And I was like. Even a step further out from where you were glassing from. Yeah. And he, and he's like, he's like, we saw a good buck in here. He's like, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, he's like, did you see the buck? And I'm like, well. Like, I saw a buck. I was like, I saw a buck. And he's like, well, there, there's a pretty big buck in here. And he's like, and we kind of compared notes on like what we'd seen yesterday. Where, when. Yeah. And he. You know, he, he, I think he or his brother had to work. They had to go back to work that day. Okay. Like they were morning hunting. They're, they're, they're hunting for the morning and then they're going to take off. You got all day. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, you were here first, man. He's like, he's like, I figure my plan was to come up to this point, basically where we're at and see if something comes across. And he's like, if you're going to hike, if you're going to do, and I told him what my plan was to do this bigger hike. And he's like, you keep going up that way. I'm going to stay here. And he's like, I I think there's probably, you know, based on what we saw yesterday, like we're both thinking there's deer in this bowl that wraps around. And he's like, I'd wor- if I were you, I'd work up that way and kind of, you know, peek over. And, yeah, and that's my plan and all I was along. Like, that's my plan. And, and he's like. He's like, I'll stop here. He's like, good. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so I walked away from that. And I was like, this is like this is a heck of a guy you know yeah. and um you know i've been in the situation where like you'd say like wave to somebody and you're like hey good, how's it going luck. and they just like turn and hike faster yeah. you know um like he could have blown past me and but they were they were just out for the morning and uh and his brother-in-law had already killed a deer or something like that so he was just out like kind of spotting for him but yeah i um I started working over the ridge and um it's daylight now. It's daylight now. Yeah, and I actually bumped there's like a couple cows and two bulls. Oh, crazy. On the other side of the ridge opposite of where we figured the deer were and um and they kind of you know popped off into the into the timber and uh I I texted a buddy of mine um who I knew he was thinking about coming over that way um, that day and to hunt elk. Yeah, and he he was hunting elk and so anyway I kept going and and started like got to the point where I kind of ran out of ridge line and I was gonna have to drop down to this big lower saddle that carried it over to the the main peak above this drainage and I just started crawling crawling over and um, there's deer just kind of like milling around but also very much aware that there's something above them studying the ridge above them super like super hyper aware of of my presence (laughs) how far away um they were actually like just below me they were like at maybe i mean they were they were 
angled down pretty sharply, but I would guess like if I had ranged them there, like at 150 yards. Okay, like I was dead, close. dead to right. So yeah, but I knew exactly kind of where they were from the night before, and and had some idea, and the terrain just sort of funneled me like right over top of them. Mm. And um, and as I'm like staring at them, I see there's one deer on the opposite side of the bowl. Their their personal little he- shoot heading towards timber. Yeah, and so all the does are just sitting below me, like Staring looking at, at me. You, yeah. And this and I realize this That's is this is the buck, and he's like, he's not going super hard, but he's moving de- very deliberately towards the timber. It's this not like there's deer's first rodeo. Yeah the 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 creek the creek that's coming down this basin has like a bunch of really dense brush and timber on either side of it, and he's heading straight for that, and he stopped right on the edge of it like it's like a rocky open shoot there's not a bunch of stuff obstructing your no there's like one tree between me and him yeah and um and it's like this tiny that was actually like my reference point for like where he was when i first saw him and that it was like and i like he's just high right of that stupid little tree yeah yeah Yeah. and i was like it's it's the tree and uh but he got to this he got to the brush line like right along the creek and he's about to disappear into that but he stopped and looked back i don't know if he was with he i mean i i assume he was with those does oh and yeah. when they got nervous he went for cover and then he kind of turned around and was like looking back to see what happened and uh and i just like got behind my so rifle what did, what did you see what what kind of deer was it what kind of deer are you looking at here are you using your binoculars or your rifle scope on um god that's a good question i I saw my binoculars and just knew shooter. Yeah, I just knew it was it was a buck to kill. Big, he's, you big know, mature deer. Yeah, just I mean he's he's not like a he's not a giant deer, but he's like a big mature deer, biggest deer I've seen like on the hoof that I could have legally shot. You it's know, a, like it's a stud deer. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's bigger than any mule deer I've killed. Oh, I don't know about that, but it's I mean it's nice. If if I had a wall full of those, I'd feel pretty accomplished. It's a deer, <laughs> and there are guys that have deer walls. That nobody would pass. Yeah, uh, ever in this situation. Yeah, it was trophy a, deer. It was a nice, is is a big, nice, mature buck. Four by four. Yeah. Wide, heavy. Um. Heavy, dark horn, four by four. Nothing like really to speak of in the way of eye guards or anything, but just like a big frame. Big frame. Um. You know, nothing. You know, his forks, you know, it's not like he had, like, a little crabby fork on one side. Just, like, a fully... Proper. Yeah, like a... Like stu- a, a stud leaf. Yeah. Four by four. Yeah, like, if you drew a picture of a deer for a t-shirt, and <laughs> yeah, you're like... That's it. Mule deer. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's what that, that's what this deer was. And, uh, yeah, I saw, my, I saw my binoculars. I don't even know that I put the spotting scope on them. Um, I just knew that that was the deer I was, wanted to shoot. And Sounds like kind of a fleeting moment. I mean, how long was this encounter lasting that you... You bumped these does, saw these does, and then were like, realized the buck was slipping. I bet the whole the thing. I bet the whole thing was just like a minute or two. Right. It happened very quickly. I mean, it <clears throat> it happened very slowly in some respects because once I got up there and knew that I had to like edge over to see deer. You tiptoed. I was like crawling on my belly, like like handing the rifle over because I'm on this featureless bare ridge and the the curvature of it is such that you can't like look over you have to like walk standing up yeah like see below you you have to walk way out 
until you're almost on top of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what ended up happening was I just kept crawling and crawling because I'm like, I want to see down into this bowl where the deer, you know, it was like a bowl, big grassy bowl with like some brushy patches down in the middle of it. And I'm like, I need to be able to see down in this. So I just started crawling, crawling and that part took, felt like it took ages. Mm. But once I actually saw him, um, you know, he was, he, he did stop and was like standing there. I mean, at first I was like, shit i'm not gonna have an opportunity here you thought he was gonna get away into the trees i thought he was just gonna go but he he stopped and turned around and stood there and like 200 yards if that no he was he was like five oh he was like okay by that yeah he had split close he had split way off from the does roger yeah so he was he was like a little out over five um and yeah i shot him and he just like i saw the bullet hit him and he just stood there like i could see his legs kind of like where'd quake. you hit him oh i just hit him straight like straight through the lungs perfectly broadside yeah what kind of gun 300 wind mag what's that bullet i was shooting a uh i was shooting a 175 grain barnes lrx copper bullet so you double lung this thing to the best of your knowledge but you don't hit any shoulder or spine and it just soaks it up like a moose yeah, he just, I mean, it was crazy. He, he like, just stood there. Um, yeah, they look like they look like they, like, heard something. They don't know the, oh yeah. the fact they've been hit. They've heard it. Yeah, and know. then he started, like, he took, like, a step or two back and a step or two, and I tried shooting again as he was kind of, like, tippy-toeing around. And I, that one missed. I saw it, like, hit a rock behind him. Yeah. And then... Uh, he like stepped he went in at that point he that like scared him and he went into the brush got into the brush but he went like 20 yards you know and so i'm still i'm watching him in my scope trying to figure out if he's gonna go down or i mean he's just dead on his feet yeah so you felt good about it oh i felt i mean i knew it was a dead deer yep um just that first hit i mean that's that shutter and watch him back walk backwards yeah i I shoot a super heavy rifle with a muzzle brake and (laughs) you can watch that bullet hit the target and um you're like that's where i was aiming yeah and i so at that point i shot him i shot him again in the through the brush you rifled one in there yeah well he i waited until he stepped into like an opening in the in the brush and at that point, I aimed like high shoulder, base of neck, Knocked and I down. shot him again, and he just piled up right there. Just folded, yeah, and just hit the ground, and um, and then you know like the angle, the angle is such that you can't see where he goes, right? But I just see him like basically fold, buckle, up. yeah, and 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 so I traded numbers with that guy on the ridge, mm-hmm. and he texted me immediately he was like is that you what did you get oh he's like did you get him <laughs> and he had watched the whole thing he had watched the whole thing play out oh really yeah from that lower post that you yeah on that. Wow. and he was like so so i said yeah i got him i said i don't see him right now but um i i'm 90 percent sure i saw him fold up yeah i was like i saw the first bullet hit him and and i missed him when he's kind of like stumbling around and then as soon as he like stopped again in the in the brush i shot him again and he um and he's like well i'm gonna text my brother 
and we're going to come help you get him out. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so I like – I mean, I know he's down, but there's still, like, that element of, like – Like, well, don't come over yet. I can't well, my well, hands on him. No, yeah, well, yeah, there's just that element of, like, I know what I saw. Yep. But I'll believe it when I, mm-hmm. like, walk up to it and put put hands on him. And um, he's going on your own blind faith right now. That he yeah, in that. yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I saw two good hits. I saw him go down. Um, he hasn't come out of there. I watched, I watched, and I waited because the does all went over towards where he was, and they were in the trees with him. Like I think maybe when that, when I, when I hit him the second time, like he was, I think they were all in the trees with him, or they all followed in like after him. And then they're all in the trees, and then they all went up and over. Mm-hmm. And he never came out. That's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, it was like one of those things you, you have every reason to feel good about it. But until your hands but until, on him. <laughs> yeah. until yeah. you have your hands on him, I I don't think I'll ever get over that, just like having a knot in your stomach until you get your hands on him. And uh, so I hiked down the ridge, and that guy and his his brother, like, hiked down into the gut and up, and he hiked down and up. and Dude, Just some couple of warriors out here. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're happy to help. Oh, man, it was unbelievable. And That's they were like – cool. And that point – by that point, my other buddy was, like, hiking in. And I'm like, I got a deer down. And he he met us there, like, five minutes after – Everybody we've, so, hustled to your location. Yeah, so there are four of us oh, wow. cutting on this deer – well, so tell, walk me through. Did you go recover the deer before everybody showed up? Did you wait for everybody? No, to go so find I so I got in. I started coming down from the top um, of this little creek, and uh, and the other guy, the guy who was on the ridge with me, started coming up from the bottom, and we were probably fifty or sixty yards away from one another. And I'm like, I'm like pacing the you know, peering under logs, like it's a lot of deadfall and stuff like that. Where the, you expected to find this deer. Yeah. Oh, no. And I'm just like 30 yards high, and the other guy walked right up on him. He was like, got so it he's down like, here. He's right here, and I think I fell like, I mean, it was like steep and brushy, and there's some le- like wet leaves and stuff like that. It was slick. So I'm like, oh, I'm coming, and just, you know. Oh, you just slid down? Went like, yeah, heels overhead down the, down the hill, but. <laughs> Just out of excitement and joy. Oh yeah, just like I was I lost full composure. Oh, I was tired. I, you know, I had like shaky knees from voluntary landslide. A little, a little bit of anxiety and coming off that big adrenaline rush. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, finally, and I like was able to relax. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like in my moment of relaxation, I just tumbled. Um, and there he was. Yeah, and and you know, it's just like like we thought it's just a big, beautiful deer. And, yeah, he really uh, is. Old, was he old? Were his teeth, teeth in good shape? What was his body condition? Um, I don't think he was super. I don't think he was like an ancient deer by any means. I mean, he's, a stud. he's definitely the oldest deer I've killed. I think. Yeah. I mean, in five year old deer. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, we quartered him up, and uh, what's his name, and and his brother, they they each grabbed a quarter, and they're like, we got to go because yeah, they, so, they he's got to go. Morning. He's got to go to work. And so that once we got half the half the meat off this deer, they took off. They took half of it, and they're like, "We're gonna hang it down by the creek, right by your truck." And uh, and and I gave them like a little orange bandana, and they f- flagged it in the tree. Wow! And then uh, you should have bought these boys some beers. Oh yeah, I mean, I I texted with them on the way home. I said, "Whatever you need, just 
<laughs> I owe you. I'll drive back. I'll drive back down there and buy you dinner sometime. You yeah. But uh, super nice guys, and I don't know. It was like, and then my buddy and I got to. We ate lunch and sat there and kind of took your time. Talked ourselves out of going after those bulls that I'd seen earlier, mm. and we packed down and um, and uh, got to take our take our time getting out of there, and then that was that was my story. But did you cape the deer? Uh, no, we just you just skinned uh, them out. The yeah, just euro mounted them. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was one of those things. I mean, it, I don't know. It's one of those experiences where y- you get out of the woods and you're like, man, maybe not every every other guy out here is an asshole, right? Like, <laughs> no, I. Uh, <laughs> it was like one of those th- like that so was refreshing to hear. That was like actually part of the probably the best part of the whole the hunter experience hunter to hunter story was encounter. like yeah yeah and it's not like i've s- i mean i texted with those guys for a couple of days after that um just kind of like joking about it but brothers we haven't <laughs> we haven't you know kept up or anything but you know just meeting somebody and like uh sharing that experience and sharing that excitement and also just sharing like that place and time people being courteous to one another yeah it was like i drove home from that and that's kind of what i was thinking about i was like man that was that was pretty sweet like yeah. that's that's how it's supposed being, to work being good's contagious yeah it's like it's like being in a like an after school special or like a feel-good movie you know it's like <laughs> we ran into these strangers and they helped us yeah they were wonderful stand-up citizens because my my you know whatever it is the reptile part of my brain is like whenever i see someone in the woods i'm like they're ruining yeah it for problem me. <laughs> the enemy, yeah, yeah, the I'm, enemy. Like, I'm like oh yeah they're they're actively ruining this right now why don't they know that well it's refreshing it's encouraging to to give that opportunity to someone in return you know if you're on the other end of that mm-hmm. like make oh yeah the right thing be the be a good guy and don't do some well in, in some ways it hadn't occurred to me until now like because i hadn't really thought about like the time in idaho and this big you know, it's part of one big story, but like yeah, helping four, that four kid coming, helping that kid with his bull was like probably the highlight of my season that year. Mm-hmm. It was just like running to this kid and helping him out and and uh, cool. chatting with his dad and getting to watch watch them go through all that. Like that, that was like the crowning joy of that season. And then, yeah, like my dear last year, in some ways, it's kind of like a I don't know if it's karma or just um maybe there's just a lot of decent folks in idaho but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it was i don't know stuff like that um warms your heart yeah man makes and you like it, it, not it, only was it the end of your f- fourth season out there it was the actual end of your the hunting season after persevering through the hot four or five day hunt in the beginning and coming back and finishing it and having the pleasure of sharing that experience with some fellow respectable sportsmen yeah strangers yeah yeah and and um you know it's just like these uh i could have shot that was the deer that i wanted to shoot all along nice and i could have shot a lot of other deer along the way you were like this is what i waited for and i i i'm not a very selective hunter i uh, i know that i have really poor impulse control and i get <laughs> really excited like killing stuff. i'm like oh man there's a buck you know um and i i have a really hard time like maintaining that sort of discipline that a lot of other folks <laughs> demonstrate year to year but um that was the deer that i wanted all along so it's just easy to be real um jaded and cynical about you know too many other hunters in the woods and uh I don't know. It's funny. Like we didn't script this, but 
that was like my experience in year run was like, man, there's too many hunters in the woods. And then like two of my best memories from hunting Idaho are like with running into other hunters and helping them or them helping me. So that's a, uh, that's a defining, that's an evolution of a, of a hunter out there. I think. Yeah. That everybody could probably relate to. I certainly feel that way when I'm out hunting and I see a piece of orange. I don't think that's my fellow brother hunter over there. I right. <laughs> that is my enemy and my problem. I know. Now. I know. I I know. It's it it causes me to rethink like some of my other. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I could have been nicer to people. Oh, those are my those <laughs> potentially those are my companions later in the day who might help me out. Well, I hope you pay it forward, uh, and I know you will. But that's a cool culmination of four hard years of work in Idaho, non-resident hunting, some general mule deer. You going to keep doing it? As long as I can get tags. But you did not get one this year. I did not. What but digital it's a, place in line did they give you? It was like twenty or 30000 something. And they like said, that. I don't know. But I got to you, they said it's all gone. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, there's a lot of folks in that same boat. Well, Idaho's been good to you. Yeah, I've been very good. No complaints. No. Um, your and biggest I'll elk and your biggest deer, both from Idaho. Non, yeah. Non-resident tags. Yeah. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's easier to show that discipline when you uh, look at those opportunities as being like a special kind of. Yeah, that's a unique, that's a different perspective to take it uh, than our standard Montana I think we take guaranteed uh, deer and elk tag we get as residents. I think we take for granted the opportunities that we have here. Trying to be better about that. (laughs) Sounds good, man. Thanks for sharing all the Idaho stories. Uh, I hope you make it back to your your Western brother of a state of Idaho here in the near future. Gem State. See you later. See you.